0: Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. To find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. There was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he served as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall this be? How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years." And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. The Word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father and God, thank You for Your Word that is unchangeable. Thank You for Your faithfulness in working through and in men throughout time and history and for sending the one man, the God-man Jesus, our Savior, to us that we might know You and might walk with You through eternity. Please grant us joy as we receive from you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Put yourself in the place of Zacharias. This man was a priest... Trained, taught, he knew what he was supposed to do at the appropriate time. He was going about his business. Of all the times for him to go into the temple and offer incense, this was the time. So he goes in, certainly thinking it's going to be just like it has been for all of my ancestors over the last several hundred years. I'm going to go in, do this, and walk out. I mean... You've offered incense once. You've seen other people offer it. How odd can it be? And an angel shows up. He was busy. Zacharias was busy serving God, and God stopped him in his tracks. And that's the way it normally is. You've got all of your plans. I've got my plans. We know what we're supposed to do. We begin to do it, and all of a sudden everything is turned upside down. We think, what happened? The Lord intervenes. He disrupts what we intend because there is something greater coming. Zacharias was a priest, we're told. He was righteous, faithful, and obedient to the commands of God. Yet he and Elizabeth, despite his good works, their faithfulness, they wanted a child but could not have a child. Think about the years that they would see family and friends have children and more children and more children. And they can't. They wait. They hope. They expect. And then the time comes physically when it's readily apparent. This is impossible. This is not going to happen. It can't happen. So they learned, at least to some degree, to yield themselves to God's will. And there are things I'm sure many of you, you've prayed for, you've wished for, you've longed for, good things, godly things, you pray for, it doesn't happen, and you eventually say, it's just not going to. It can So what do you do? Well, like Zacharias and Elizabeth, you just keep... Trusting yourself to God. You walk in obedience. And sometimes you may not even feel like you can put one foot in front of the other. But God gives you grace to do that one more time. So they did. But I want to I point out one thing here. and There's two significant things in this passage that I want us to see. One is the role of prayer, particularly the prayers of the saints and the role that that plays in this story. So consider the prayers of the saints. There's an often neglected detail in verse 10 that tells us that while Zacharias was in the temple, that the people were outside. The whole multitude was praying outside at this hour. So you had a group of people who saw Zacharias go in, that he he would go in, he would offer the incense, and they were praying. Now, now, this is not the first time, certainly, that people have prayed outside the temple. But the Lord was doing something. He was doing something special here. And that that special thing began with people doing what they had done time after time after time over the the, the months and the years previously they're praying. That's the way it is also for us. Have you ever found sometimes that when you pray enough it seems like it just becomes a rote thing? And I'm not even talking about if your prayers are written. I'm just talking about the things that you say. You ever stopped yourself and said, is this actually getting anywhere? Like, am I just going through the motions here? Because it seems like, I mean, what do people who are outside the faith, if they see us praying, what do they think? If they don't know what it means to be a Christian, they think this person's talking to themselves. Kind of weird. We can think that about ourselves, right? So you had this group of people who were doing what they had done, but yet this this time the Lord is doing something as well. But it's not just that He He started to do something now. This had been in, in the works for a long time. You had had countless prayers of the people leading up to this moment. It's not just that one day the Lord shows up and said, okay, I'm ready to do something, and like nothing had happened before then. And he just says, okay, now it's time. Bam. There we go. No. It's a process. You may think at times when you're praying, and you don't see immediate answers that your prayer is pointless. You may think, I don't even know that this is getting anywhere. I'm wasting my time. you don't know what God is doing in you and in other people as a result. You're talking about the Creator of the world who has chosen to work over thousands of years. Our lifetime is microscopic compared to His history in this world. We should not expect... For him to operate on our timetable. But even when the people saw Zacharias afterward, I mean, Zacharias after he has this experience, which we'll talk about in a minute, he comes out, they had no idea what had transpired. But their prayers were part of God's deliverance. So just because you don't see an immediate answer to your prayers, don't stop praying. Keep on. Keep on faithfully. Don't look at your situation with human eyes and judge whether or not you should pray based on human eyes because prayer is not a, it's not a solely human thing. It's much more powerful than that. So don't give up. Then we read of the angel's message Gabriel, the angel, spoke to Zacharias and said, Do not be afraid. Your prayer is answered. You will have a son. Now we don't know how long Zacharias had been praying. But he specifically told, Your prayer to have a son is answered. And something else we don't know is, had he possibly stopped praying because, well, obviously Elizabeth was past childbearing, right? We don't know. We're not told. But I can tell you this, though. Your prayers in the past, even though you may not see immediate results, they're not forgotten by the eternal God. The prayers you prayed 10 years ago can still have valid effect now. The Lord heard Zacharias' prayer. And when he least expected it, his prayers were answered. He would have a son, but this is not just any son. This child would grow up to be the prophet who would announce God's deliverance of Israel. And Gabriel even quotes from Malachi chapter 4 the last prophet of the old covenant. His last words in Malachi 4 is that Elijah will come and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So Zacharias hears from the angel, This will be your son. Though the Word of God had been withheld for centuries, the coming of John would be the crack in the dam that would eventually flood the world with God's grace. Now for Zacharias, this was, just, this was too much. It's not just you're going to have a son. You're going to have the precursor to the son. Your son will be the final one to come before the deliverance of the world. And what is Zechariah's response? He said, how can I know this? How can I be sure of this? Now, of course, we, looking back, say, how could you not doubt? or How could you, how could you doubt the word of an angel? How, how, how could... I don't know. How can we doubt the Holy Scripture? It, it's... It happens. It's something that's normal. He did not look and say, I don't believe you. He just said, How can I know this? And as a consequence, for his unbelief, Zacharias was bound to silence. Can I tell you something? Even the best saints deal with unbelief. They battled out. We have the entire Word of God compiled for us and we at times struggle to believe it. We see and we experience many great and wonderful things. Yet doubt lurks. So, this is especially, I would say, to husbands and fathers you are called to lead your families in practicing faith, in trusting God even when it doesn't make sense even if everyone around you is struggling with belief. You're called to lead in belief. And sometimes you're leading. I'm not saying you have to give all of the reasons. You may not be able to explain everything. Because look, Zacharias for nine months, he didn't talk. But he still led in faith, still led his family, his wife, in faith. If you battle with unbelief, we can learn something from the gift that Zacharias received. And that's the second thing I want to point out is the gift of Silence. He would be silenced, Gabriel told him, for nine months until the day of John's birth. This was a consequence of his actions, but it was not a curse. He was not removed from being a part of God's people. He was restricted from expressing his doubts, from whining or complaining. God gave Zacharias the gift of silence. It's a gift that many of us do not appreciate because we are a talking people. We love to talk. We love to analyze. We love to hear other people's opinions of our analysis, especially when they agree with our analysis. And then we want to hear more talk from others about that. And so so we just get all of these things rolling around. And we we want to, to build consensus opinion of what we say. We love noise. But Zacharias was restricted from all that. He could only listen. And as you probably notice, when all you can do is listen to someone else, the conversation, the noise of other people to you also starts to die away. It's amazing how not saying very much lends itself all around to silence. Now silence in and of itself does not always lead to good things. Like any gift of God, it must be used well. Our discipline is not easy, but it is a gift if we use it in the right way. We don't know exactly what Zacharias thought about during those nine months, but when you consider or when the last words that you hear are the words of an angel telling you that all of this stuff that God's going to do is going to happen. And then just think of a few things that happen in between. So he hears this. You're going to give birth... Or excuse me. No, 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 no. Your wife is going to give birth to the deliverer, or excuse me, to the one who will call others to believe on the deliverer. And then... He's also there when we read that there's a point at which his niece, Mary, comes. And we know what Elizabeth's response was. Who is this that that the mother of my Lord should come? Can you imagine being Zacharias in that moment? or or even if he wasn't standing there, when Elizabeth tells him about it, can you imagine all the things that he knew that she didn't know? Just all of the, the... Imagine the words that were forming in him that he just couldn't say. And the silence continues. Until the day his son is born... And we read in verse, skipping over to verse 68, we're told that he he praised God and then he says this, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For He has visited and redeemed His people and raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of His servant David as He spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember His holy covenant, the oath which He swore to our father Abraham that He would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hands of our enemies, might serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways give knowledge of salvation to His people, the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. That was no accident. That was not just all of a sudden, he's, again, he's minding his own business and boom, he just goes into a state where all these words just, no, no. Brothers and sisters, if there was ever a man who had meditated on the promises of God leading up to this point, it was this man. He spent his silence well. And that's what we are called to do. Do you take what God gives you and learn from it? Or do you get angry, bitter, and resentful? That's a temptation. There are times when God silences you. Maybe not verbally. It's not that He keeps you from speaking. But often what we want to talk. There's things that are burdening us, that are, that are hurting us, that are, that are stretching us. And we want to, to talk. And then we talk to somebody and we look at them and they're nodding their head. But you know, they're not hearing what I'm saying. They don't get it. And maybe they're trying. They're desperately trying, but they don't get it. They can't feel the pain. They can't feel the struggle, the affliction that you're facing. So it's as good as you being silenced. The silence is an opportunity to remember, to return to your heavenly Father. It's a part of how God draws us. He draws us back to Himself. Did God hear Zacharias' prayers even though He could not verbally speak them? Yes. Does God hear your prayers even when your words cannot Match what's in your heart. Yes. Yes. Though you feel silenced, come to the Father. Come to Jesus, your great high priest, who goes to the Father for you. The one who heals the deaf can heal your quiet struggle. Trust that even when you don't know what to say that the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Don't despise the silence imposed upon you by God. Use that gift to return to God. Our temptation is to fill the silence with our words, with our complaints, with our whining, But it takes discipline to learn how to remain quiet like Zacharias, to meditate on God's good works and promises. But that's exactly how we cultivate faith, joy, and a glad heart in the midst of trials. Being silenced can make us bitter, but it can also prepare us. It prepared Zacharias not only to trust more, but also it prepared him to be the father that was needed for the young man who would be the prophet of Christ. So don't despise the silence that God imposes on you. Instead, embrace it. Because He is preparing you for the next good and great thing he has in store. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the word and thank you for guiding us in it. May we receive it now with quiet hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website at that's Trinity Reformed, K-I-R-K, dot com.